Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here with you tonight. And do I have an amazing interview for all of you all around June and the theme Embracing Joy. And as you all know, this is my Manifesting with Meg, my conversations with extraordinary people. And tonight I have one of the most extraordinary people, especially and probably outside the town or the city of Miami, Wendy Unger Shapira. And I can't wait to you know, go through how her life has been a wondrous and continues to be a wondrous, joyful adventure. Um, as before we begin, I always like to give everyone a, a heads up as to what is manifesting with Meg and how I go about doing the pro the whole program. And basically, it follows the months in my book, starting with Copy Diem in December, and I'm sorry, Copy Diem in January, ending with um, awe-inspiring magic and miracles in December. And we just happen to be in June, which is you know the beginning of the month of summer, where school's out, it's time to play. So I'm even more excited because this woman wants to have lots of laughter and get ready to have joy and play tonight. I can just tell. So. Remember, bliss is not just an abstract idea, it's an attainable state of being. And Wendy is going to teach us all tonight how she keeps that close at hand. So, so happy to join you, to jo so join me today, Wendy. I'm all blustering because I'm so excited to have you here. I don't think there's anyone in the city of Miami that you do not know. Um, before I go forward, I want you to set the intention and share it at the end of the interview, what that intention is for everybody and pick a magical number in my book between the numbers three to 397 and hold that with you as well. So at the end of the interview, we'll go and we'll have that shared with the final share from the book and then your final inspiration. So are you ready to go? Yep. You want, you want the number? No, hold it to you right now. And we're going to get to it at the end of the interview. Okay. okay. So when I tell you, but I need to introduce you. And this is a long introduction because like I said, Wendy has an incredible resume and incredible. It's not even a bio. It's a curriculum vitae because her life's work. And I'm telling you people, there's still many, many amazing things going for her. Keep going for her. And that is probably why you call yourself the Aries woman and the thriving warrior provider. Her sister and herself, they were, who I'm sorry, her sister who was 10, Nancy, who was 10 years your junior, correct? Mm -hmm. Were diagnosed positive with the BRAC1 hereditary breast and ovarian cancer gene mutation in 2009. And I think this was a part, a big part of your story, at least as far as what you're doing today. So after they consulted with physicians and genetic counselors, they both had their ovaries and the fallopian tubes and the breast removed to prevent the risk of cancer, which is a huge move of, of, of a jump into the the whole world of you know you know preventing prevention of breast cancer, which is something that you definitely work toward with regard to those providers and those survivors for breast cancer today, preventing it and also helping people who survived. For years, she had been an active cancer fundraising volunteer, and then it became personal. And this is really where that part of her vulnerability and her story comes out. When after her own surgery, her mother was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 85 for the first time. And magically, she passed away in 2019 at the ripe old age of 93, showing uh, probably beating all the odds at that point and you know clearly i i was telling wendy earlier it's clear that she is 
you know, uh, beautiful example of her mother in this world, still walking with that legacy right beside her. Um, so she is now cancer free, and 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 you and your mother, your mother was cancer free at the time of her death, which is even more amazing that she just died of old age at that point. And you also and your sister remain cancer free at this point in time, correct, Wendy? Thank God. Thank God. So in gratitude for being spared for cancer and only having to go through the surgery to prevent it, you became more engaged in the breast cancer community and reaching out to do everything that you could do to use your voice and heart to help with awareness, support, and fundraising, which eventually led to your foundation of your charitable fund, Wendy's Angels Fund. And I want to show everybody the image of the logo of this beautiful, um, wonderful foundation that she works with today. And, and many of you in the community do know her for her efforts with regard to that. Um, Last year, they were able to sponsor women to attend the Day of Caring South Florida to provide breast reconstruction for one of their Link of Hope sisters. I didn't have a I didn't have a, a logo of that, but I definitely would love to talk about that later on in the interview. And this year, you're expanding to even help provide services to women at Lotus Village. And now, during the pandemic, you're actually helping breast cancer patients get their treatment in partnership with the 305 Pink Pack which is I'm sure for the stress that we're all undergoing and not having to deal with an illness like breast cancer, that what you're doing to help these women is, is just pure out of pure love and amazement. Um, on a personal level, you've been with your sweetheart since 1984. And on a business level, you worked for the Miami Beach Chamber of Commerce for 40 years, which is exceptional and you retired in 2019 as a membership director and uh, that is where we actually met actually the preclude to that was where we met when at during the 10 days of connection and the, uh, through the radical partners group where um you i believe were there with thumbs thumbs up international and i was there with love button a global movement and that was how our wonderful relationship friendship began so yeah I'll take a deep breath. I know there's more because I have her resume, but I'm going to let her into that because certainly there's much more to talk about. But good evening, Wendy. Thank you so much for being here again. I, I really, I can't wait for this extraordinary conversation. And I actually want to take the opportunity to um, thank you for the wonderful acts of service that you have given this community of Miami. And I'm sure that has ripple effects beyond, you know, this, just these borders. So um, I I can't thank you enough for what you've done. And I, I started, we were supposed to do this yesterday with stop, connect, breathe, and enjoy as a topic. But then I was like, you know, we can do that with embracing the beautiful, wondrous, joyful adventure. So how are you doing after these last six months of pandemic and God only knows what else is going on with, with in your community and your lives, et cetera? I, I am doing rather well, thank God, in this topsy-turvy world. And I want to thank you, Meg, for having me. I'm so happy to have you. Believe me, it's my honor more so than it is yours, believe me. And I'm so happy to be here. So um, it's a joyful adventure to be here with you tonight, especially past my bedtime. Oh, oh even better. <laughs> even better. I was so happy because it's quiet in my house and I actually can give you my full attention, not worry about the distractions of, of children and the chaos that ensues from there. Um, you know, I, I really want to highlight 
your life experience through your own words. Um, tell us a little bit where you are, where you've come from, and where you hope that this journey takes you in the future. Well, um, where I've come from was, it, it's always been deep in my heart um, to be uh, embedded in the cancer community. It started very young. Um, I had the unfortunate experience of watching a lot of people in my life suffer from cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so in 2003, when I was asked by the Singer family and the Furlong family on Miami Beach to help out with the Miami Beach uh, Relay for Life for American okay. Cancer Society, to help with the first relay on Miami Beach, um, I couldn't help but say yes, because it was an opportunity to get involved in an adventure mm -hmm. um, and to be able to do something that was really wonderful fun to help out doing something that um, could help. And when so, was that? What year was this? When did you start doing that? 2003. 2003. Okay, wow. So. 2003. So we embarked in Miami Beach for the very first time um, in uh, the Renegades of Miami Beach versus mm -hmm. the American Cancer Society ah. um, in, uh, in engaging in an education for the American Cancer Society. Wow. Learning how Miami Beach um, taught them that we knew better than they did how to run a um, <laughs> uh, a fundraising event. Um, oh, yeah. So we tried to teach them that in spite of the fact that American Cancer had been running Relay for Life for many more years than hmm. uh, they could count, uh, that we would break probably all of their rules and wow. run a much more successful event than they could possibly imagine oh, wow. and ran the most successful uh, event in the state that year, breaking all their rules. I mean, they uh, we, we actually did run it overnight the first year, which was something that they imposed on us, which was against our better thoughts, but <laughs> we, we, we did do it overnight. Um, I think the first three years or so, we probably did run it overnight. And then, then we fought them and stopped doing it overnight. But in the meantime, I stayed on the Relay for Life for many years. And I think it was probably 2009, I wound up chairing it. Um, the same year that you that I was diagnosed. Wow. <laughs> but it happened before I was diagnosed. Okay. Because our relay was probably in October. Okay. I was not diagnosed until um, the end of December. Wow. So, um, it, it, coincidence. But in the meantime, uh, and the, the year that I ran, it was like, uh, it was amazing. It wasn't anything in uh, numbers uh, and dollars uh, as effective as it had been the year that we did the number one year in the state. Right. But um, it was the best that we had ever done for all of us. It was the most successful in terms of numbers of people who attended and uh, in terms of how exciting it was and yeah. the participation and the success of participants and sponsors. And because um, I had so much experience in running events. We had radio sponsorship. We had press sponsorship. Wow. We had, it was like incredible. We did it on the 87th Street Beach. It was like 
Oh, it was it was incredible, and it was the most fun that we had ever had. Right. But, but you have been you have been organizing events for, I mean, I would say since you're you're 40 years involved in Miami Chamber of Commerce, Miami Beach Chamber of Commerce, so you know your stuff. Well, here's what had happened. Here's a little background. Um, I was part of the original Miami Beach JC Women. I was the okay. founding president of the Miami Beach JC Women, and. I would hate to tell you the year because, well, I'm 71 years old and I'm not shy about letting anybody know that. And so it was like 1979, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> and we actually were the people who helped with the uh, United States, um, I guess you'd have to say integrating, but it was really oh, wow. uh, integrating women into JCs, and it was my women who actually uh, swore in as JCs in the first uh, JCs that allowed women. So it, it went back a long time. We were we were like the original bra burning feminists. I mean, oh, I love it. Oh my yeah, God. I mean, let me tell you, we have a lot of stories to tell. Thank so. God for you because we all benefit <laughs> from all of that. Let me tell you, and. If that is not enough to be grateful for, I don't know what is. I mean, I have a lot of stories, Meg. Oh. I just opened a can of worms in my head. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think an hour is going to do it, but we're going to take it as much as we can. And I'm going to talk <laughs> literally. But, you know, honestly, you know, to have, first of all, JC stands for the. It used to be the um, Junior Chamber of Commerce, okay, but it never really was that. What it was, was it was a young people's organization okay. for uh, people between the ages of 18 and 40 originally wow. um, to give them the opportunity <laughs> to try things and fail so they could learn how to do them. Wow. I love it. <laughs> Well, you know, let me tell you, when you don't have fear of failing, it becomes a lot easier to try whatever it is that you need to try so you can continue on from there. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that whoever might be listening needs to take you aside and interview you with regards to the history, because I think there are a lot of young women today and certainly even your, your, your cohorts, you know, even that would probably benefit from the stories that you have you know, you know, ready to be told as a storyteller. I always try to encourage everyone to not forget to write their story so other people can like benefit, certainly speak it first, but I would love that. That would be like a Miami, like heirloom, literally, because you will have passed on the beauty of, you know, this is not always the way it has been in this city, for sure, in this country for that. The great thing that I learned at my retirement party that really probably warmed my heart the most was because I loved doing it so much. I mentored so many young women uh, over the years that I was at the chamber. Yeah. I mentored a lot of young women who came from other countries who came to intern at the chamber. I mentored all the young women as they came to work at the chamber. Um, uh, I uh mentored people and was known to do that so much that there, there was a young woman I, I don't i don't know if you know her and i'm not sure if she's listening or not 
but there was a young woman who came to work at uh, the um, Clevelander Hotel. And when she did, her boss, who was Mike Palma, sent her immediately to the chamber to meet me so that I could wow. introduce her to Miami Beach. And, wow. and it was like, that for me was probably the most rewarding thing about working at the chamber. And when I left, the fact that it had impacted as many people as it did probably was the most rewarding part of the 40 years at the chamber. Wow, yeah, I think, you know, you said at the outset that, you know, you saw a lot of similarities in, in my book with yourself that you could have written it because probably you could have. And I, I will have to tell you that as far as the mentoring component is concerned, when I resigned from my last job as a, as a federal attorney, that was by far the most rewarding component of the 20 years that I was there. So I completely relate. There are so many lives that have been touched by you by virtue of you reaching out to them to give them, you know, that, you know, pay it forward mentality that, you know, let me, you know, let me try to teach you what I know, which is, is certainly more valuable than anything. And I, I, I love that you said that, you know, mentoring and, and there are many people I'm sure that have benefited from your experience and still benefit from your experience. I, I wanted to look at our, um, our theme tonight in more in detail, and, and I go into you know the 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 big question that Joseph Campbell quotes tonight in our quote. The big question is whether you're going to be able to say hearty yes to your adventure. And I thought, how great is that? And after having retired even 40 years of connecting people at the chamber, Miami Chamber of Commerce, Miami Beach Chamber of Commerce. You're not looking to see where your path takes you now. And you still, I know you still take a hearty, you still say a hearty yes to your adventure. Because I watch you on Facebook and I see how you connect people and I see how you you lift up women. I mean, my God, I get excited when you always post the things that say, yes, women, you know, and you you highlight what it is that, you know, you know, someone who clearly has great value yourself can see in other women as well and, and lift them up. And I, and I wanted to say that, you know, as you say a hearty yes, how, like, how do you, how do you feel about this inspiring path that's waiting for you and all of the wonderful things that you're yet to do? Well, I have, I have to tell you in all honesty, um, I owe a great debt to a woman that you and I both know, a woman whose name is Michelle Villalobos. Okay. And I can't go without saying that she identified me as one of her superstars. And um, she took her wand and, and tapped me. And um, uh, as, as a uh, paying it forward uh, obligation to her tappiness, <laughs> I uplift women all the time. So when any woman is doing anything to promote what she's doing, I uplift whatever they're doing to help promote them. And that's my obligation as a woman. 
So tell and, me, how did Michelle do this with you? How did she tap you in her magical wand? And tell us a little bit about that. Is there a story behind well, it? There's a huge story behind it. <laughs> and, and, and it starts as, um, in my reign of terror <laughs> at ah, the chamber, <laughs> she, she was the chairperson okay. of our Women's Business Council. Okay. And I watched her as she developed the seed of what she decided to do to build women. And I watched her as she began to share it with other people. And I watched as it grew from a seedling to a huge tree. And I watched as the other people began to nurture her huge tree and become the people that helped her bring her huge tree to other people. Wow. And then I watched her as she brought that tree to other women and men. And I watched her develop other people into incredible people and that. brought them forward. And one time, out of the clear blue sky, because of my always promoting everybody, I won this social media contest um, that her um, circle was, um, her inner circle was running, and I won a ticket to uh, one of her weekends that I thought totally didn't apply to me. <laughs> And I said, uh-oh, it must be the universe tapping me on the shoulder and saying, there's a reason that you need to be at that weekend. Oh, wow. Do you remember what it was called? Do you remember what the name of the weekend was? Yeah, it was one of her super uh, speakers. Okay. Weekends. And I thought, I don't need a super speakers weekend. I speak all the time. I don't need to learn how to speak. And... Um, I went anyway. So I got there and during registration, I was standing talking to somebody in the lobby and saying, I don't need to be here. And all of a sudden, I'm only here to support Michelle because I'm a Michelle groupie. And I felt like, why am I excusing myself from being here? And I felt less than myself. And I felt very bad about that. And I thought, that's, I shouldn't be doing this. There's something wrong with this. And I felt really badly about it. And during almost the entire whole first day, I felt really bad about the whole thing. I didn't fit in. I didn't feel like it applied to me. I didn't, I, it just felt in a very bad space. And around five o'clock in the afternoon, um, Michelle did one of her famous visualizations. Mm -hmm. I love those. Oh, yeah. And her visualization, a lot of people know this story. <laughs> her, her visualization was to have um, your current self go to your uh, five years in the future self. Oh, I like And that. have your five years in the future self tell your current self a secret. And my five years in the future self was standing in an office and my current self was standing at the door and the door said membership director. Ah. 
And the five years in the future itself said, stand up, don't be afraid. And I was shattered. And I started to cry, and it was like incredible. Oh, God, goosebumps. Oh, like, my yeah. God. Yeah. It was, oh my it was God. amazing. And so the next thing she did was the famous Michelle. Three people up to the mic to tell the story. Ah. Well, I was obligated because I was shattered and in tears to get up and tell my story. And I told the story that I just told. So Michelle goes, so, Wendy Younger, what are you going to do about that? At the time, I was acting membership director. Okay. And the truth of the matter is that for probably at least 10 years or so, I had been membership director, but not officially. Officially membership director. So what would you so what did you do about that? <laughs> I said, I said, Monday morning, I'm going in to Jerry and I'm going to tell him I want to be membership director. And this time, instead of telling him I want to be membership director because Seth says I'm not making enough money and should be membership director, I'm going to tell him because I want to be membership director because I am membership director. Wow. And I want to be membership director and I want to take responsibility for being membership director. Amazing. And the rest of the weekend, I paid attention uh, to what she was teaching, which was writing a business plan and, pay, you know, about what I needed to do to sit in his office and tell him why I wanted to be the membership director and what I was going to do about it. And it was like, that's why the universe sent me to that amazing. thing. And it really was amazing. But it was the first time it was like, she got me. She got me. You know what I mean? She got yeah. me. Yeah. And so it was like, that's part of the reason why I do what I do. And it's part of, it's not the whole reason, but it's right. part of the reason I do what I do. Because you, you see yeah. others. I, I, you know, I, I think that's amazing. And I have to tell you, uh, when it comes to uh, that fearlessness that needs to be sparked that's just what happens you you got sparked you got sparked because you had a free ticket to an event because you were doing something else really well on social media and it's the synchronistic events that follow through that has that has clearly made you a light worker in your own realm and your own you know your own uh, hemisphere literally that like you are that which sparks the light in others and i can tell you and i want to show everybody and share with that share with them what other things that you're doing that are just amazing that we were discussing earlier too because i think when it comes to uh actually looking back on the path that's been paved and recognizing those things that you do and invalidating, not even validating, but, but congratulating you for being the spark. If Michelle Villalobos is the one who lit you, you know, lit you up, you certainly with like starting off with one, this is the, you're honored by the Pink Warriors by Miami who rock, uh, Miami women who rock at the 50 Shades of Pink Gala here on underneath my, uh, my picture. And then we have the annual Hopetober dolphin swim at Miami Sea Aquarium that you're in, you're you're 
involved in. And these are the things that, you know, once you stop standing on the sidelines and just think that you can blend in with the crowd, when someone says, what are you going to do about it? You wake up and you do. And maybe you could speak a little bit to both events, but these, both of them, I just want everyone to know, these both events have impacted people who are going through very challenging times in their lives, dealing with significant challenges. And Wendy is a vital part of our community to give people the hope. And I have hope behind me. It's like, this is clearly what you do. So tell us a little bit about that and how both these events have impacted your life and the lives of others. Well, um, my really wonderful friend who I adore, Emily Zubizarreta, um, happens to be the force behind Miami Women Who Rock, okay. which is a group of professional women who have really chosen breast cancer and breast cancer uh, organizations to support um, as their, um, they, they also support other organizations, but mostly breast cancer organizations um, as their uh, cause. And once a year, they run this uh, wonderful event called uh, 50 Shades of Pink. And um, they honor a pink warrior, somebody who is really uh, a force behind breast cancer fundraising. And um, actually, last year, they um, did their fundraising for Wendy's Angels, which was oh, okay. absolutely wonderful. Um, their um, uh, silent auction benefited my my charitable fund. Wow. And that was really a shot in the arm for us. And it was wow. incredible. It allowed us to do some really substantial uh, donations and uh, grants and stuff. And it was just, it was very special for us. And um, uh, you see other pink warriors in the picture. One yeah. of them is Patricia San Pedro, who preceded me, and Debbie Sedewain, who is somebody who I can't say enough about. I mean, those two other women are like uh, uh, unbelievable other women in our community, two people who I love and adore. Debbie took over for me when I retired from uh, FORCE as an outreach coordinator and has done uh, un unbelievable things. And now she even serves on the national board of FORCE and oh, wow. she's uh, running Four, she's she's doing incredible stuff with uh, bosom bosom buddies. She, she's just doing unbelievable stuff in the community. And Patricia is like probably the number one person for <laughs> breast cancer that I can talk about. She runs our uh, Link of Hope Assistance, uh, which is a cancer support group that is all over all over the world and is just absolutely uh, the most supportive of all that I know of and something that is uh, just, I, I can't eat, there are no words. I can't even explain what, what it's been for all of us. Um, but in the meantime, and then there's Hopetober, which is something that the Miami Seaquarium has been so supportive of the breast cancer community. And every October they uh, uh, allow participants from the breast cancer community to swim with the dolphins, which is so um, uh, 
uh, wonderful for the people who get to participate because it's um, it's such a special opportunity for the people who get to swim. And it's something that I have been working with uh, Eric Einstad and his staff, um, Barbie Garcia and a bunch of people there at the um, Seaquarium who helped me and I work with the people at Bosom Buddies and at FORCE, which is the organization for people with hereditary breast and ovarian cancer. And um, people who are uh, currently in treatment or uh, survivors come out and they swim with the dolphins and it's just wonderful. And, and I'm hoping that COVID doesn't prevent it from happening this year. I haven't been able to find out yet. Usually I start working on it in August. so. God willing, we'll be able to uh, make it happen for October. You know, and I, so. I, do, I do want to mention that uh, all of you out there who may be struggling um, at this point in time with breast cancer or who are previvors, as you speak to that, um, please reach out to Wendy. I mean, this is literally bringing tears to my eyes to hear all of these wonderful events of incredible women collaborating with other women to give them hope so that they won't give up, especially in, in the face of something that they might feel is so um, overwhelming. And I just, you know, you know the story that many, many who know me know that my mother passed away. Um, it'll be 10 years to, uh, to breast cancer this next April. And wow. I wish I had known groups like you that, you know, would be that supportive force of light because there's so many people who may be alone and they don't need to be, especially with women like you out there and all these other beautiful women that you mentioned as well. So I definitely will put all the uh, links in the Facebook feed. So if anybody does want to contact you, um, that they'll have that opportunity to reach out because I just think that you have an incredible ability, Wendy, to connect people and introduce people and really serve people from that place of beginning friendships and then following through to find out curiously what happens with those friendships from that get-go with whatever, whatever ways that, and I even think that, you know, when we met, you know, at the outset of, you know, uh, Thumbs Up International was showing their film as a part of the Radical Partners 10 Days of Connection and, and Love Button was present, you know, in support, we were just collaborating. I was basically in support of the film. And I think that, you know, one of the coolest things is that you are a fearless warrior. Like you are fearless. You come right up to the people that you want to talk to and, and you connect. And it's really quite a beautiful way of, you know, you teaching others as well that you seem to have done and, and you're waving your magic wand now. It's like Michelle passed it on to you to continue to lift up others. And I and I am just so, I don't know, I'm so proud to be speaking about you tonight with regard to that. Thank and you. Even going back to the whole idea that life is a wondrous, joyful adventure. You know, how do we all stay true to that notion at this point in time, especially when the whirlwind of current events is unfolding, a country that seems to be you know, dealing with lots of rising tensions on the daily. If you're if you're paying attention to the news, um, you know it's nonstop. It's nonstop, and and you know I heard it recently say that this is a light worker Super Bowl. This is when you have to show up. This is when what are you going to do about it? Is something that needs to be asked of each person who feels compelled to do something. So, what would you do? Say with your sage 
wisdom and guidance to someone who's like waiting to hear what can they do about all of this? You, you just have to stay positive and you have to look at the bright side of things and, and whatever you have to do, you have to pound yourself with positivity because there is always a bright side. Um, you, you may not see it, but you got, you got to find it. Even yeah. if it's Hang on one second. I have to put you back up. Sorry. I, I, I'm like, where did she go? Where did she go? I'm still there. <laughs> I'm trying to get you all on the screen. So you can keep me laughing. There I go. You have to be laughing tonight. So I'll do my best for sure. I'm sure I mess up more than, you know, that's one thing that I, you know, I have to tell you this. And I love that you, you indicated tonight that you wanted to laugh. Um, one of the things that when, when you lose someone and you obviously know that going through the grieving process, you lose, sometimes you lose laughter. And, and one of the saddest things I think of a, of a life is to not be able to laugh again. So I, I always appreciate moments, <laughs> even if it's me I'm laughing at, but, um, when la laughter comes back and I think that you're saying what you're saying is true, you know, figure out ways to stay positive because, you know, Ultimately, you can raise the vibration that way by bringing yours up and you know, you know, being the change you wish to see in the world and then others to step up. So how do you best engage others to step up and empower them to start getting curious about what their superpower is and their superstardom is in their own right? Um, you, ha you have to compliment people. I, I had something wonderful happen. Um, I have a woman who's in the community, a friend, who I, I call my blessing, a wow. woman who out of the clear blue sky in the community has been uh, calling and texting us uh, to make sure that we have uh, groceries we need or any kind of, um, any needs we need for the house during this whole COVID episode. And uh, she's uh, younger than we are. She has a young son who's precious and, mm -hmm. She sent me a text probably, this is Tuesday, it must have been Sunday night, that her young son, who I imagine he's about five, I'm not sure exactly, um, decided that he's going on a kindness campaign. Oh, I love it. And the kindness campaign is that um, every day you have to at least compliment one person. Uh, I love that. I think and you have to report your compliment. So who do you report the compliment to? To her, so okay. that she can tell him, so that he knows that you that he's the compliment police. So I think that you, you, you have to um, make sure that you're building people up. You have to make sure that they, uh, you know, it's like, it's like with my husband, he, he, this has been very hard on him. He's uh, 75. Uh, he has a tendency to be negative. Uh, he hasn't yet, the market is very important to him. Mm -hmm. He hasn't yet figured out uh, whether the market is really responsive to the the virus or not responsive yeah. he hasn't figured out the volatility and it, it gets him depressed. So I, you know, I told him he needs to do Superman exercise <laughs> in, in the mirror that in the morning, you know, and he gets up a lot earlier than I do, gets up about three in the morning that 
he's got to get in the uh, in the mirror and he's got to do Superman exercises. So there's I Superman exercises. Okay. Yeah. Do do you watch um, General Hospital? Oh, I used all? to. Watch it. I, yes, I used. You know, I, you know how Amelia, before she does surgery, she does Superwoman exercises. Have you ever noticed? No. That? Oh yeah, Amelia. I thought you watched General Hospital though. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, I'm an addict. <laughs> not general hospital i'm not even i mean gray's anatomy i'm sorry oh, okay okay i mean okay so now i know sorry, sorry. Gray's anatomy. okay yes i do love a gray's anatomy so super right. but amelia before she does surgery she does superwoman exercises okay. Okay. i love that okay. and um and i'm 71 and that's why i get a little confused it's okay let me tell you both shows are awesome so so she does general hospital i watched when i was in high school well, actually, there's a huge group of people that still watch General Hospital, and I know it because I know some of those people. Also. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But so tell yeah, it's Grey's Anatomy. But in the meantime, when when Amelia does her surgery, she does Superwoman exercises so that she can get her head into gosh, being Superwoman. I love it. So, so, so I tell him that he has to do Superman exercises, and the point is that you have to you have to believe. You know, and the point is, is that's how you get yourself up. You really have to, you know, do it. And the interesting thing is one of the things that I've done to get myself um, in spirits for this, because this has been this has been hard. Yeah. This has been an uh, unusual circumstances. Yeah. It's a, it's it, it's the realistically a really terrible time. Yeah. So. The truth is that you have to use the extraordinary circumstances and you have to do extraordinary things. So the extraordinary things that I have been doing is I have gone, I'm, I'm very spiritual and I'm very involved in my church. I'm involved in Unity on the Bay. Okay. So I have really relied on it. And fortunately, they have gotten up to the bat and they have really been serving us. And so... And initially, we were doing uh, prayers in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week. We're down to only Mondays, but that's okay because we're doing other things. Uh, they were doing uh, meditation Tuesdays and Thursdays. That we're still doing that. Um, we did a an incredible course that was thirty days of fearless living. Oh, I like that. Incredible. Yeah. And I did that. What, well, um, let me ask you before you go on. So what was one of the greatest takeaways that you got from this 30 days of fearless living course? Um, that you have to address your fears. You have to, you know, um, that you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to let fear overcome you, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've been having a hard time addressing, I've had malaise and I've had paralyzing malaise mm -hmm. and I've, uh, it was something that I had never dealt with before. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think that part of it was that our pool was closed. Mm -hmm. I, I was afraid to go outside. Uh, fortunately, the pool is open, so I'm able to go swimming every day and that has been an incredible thing because it has really helped me uh one move yeah you know and two get out of the apartment yeah um but i think that um there's been uh, a lot of 
Uh, you have to do extraordinary things, you know, and um, I'm taking a fabulous new course now, Mystical Minds, where we're addressing our Ooh. values ah. and we're going to identify our core values and, and do meditations for morning and evening to impose our core values into our heads so that we can be the most authentic that we can. That's beautiful. And I'm, I, you know, there's like wonderful, thrilling things that we can do to make ourselves feel better. And we really need to be able to do those things that make us feel good. Yeah, that's and really need to find what that is. Yeah. So, so, you know, I like, I like how you're basically throwing out a smorgasbord of things that to you, to someone else, maybe extraordinary things to make a determination as to what what actually stands out. Like you said, swimming, like not having it had you understanding that this is really something that you love and that it makes you feel good. So when you get it back again, it becomes you know magnified as far as the impact in your life. You can experience the the wonder and beauty of that movement because we had been restricted for so long in our houses our homes our apartments whatever it is and i love how you you really take a moment in your life to have to identify those core values things that are most important what are your sure i would say what is your priority in this season so just to start off because i love giving people those wonderful tools to manifest, you know, but basically, but from your mouth to, to their ears. Um, these are the kinds of conversations that I want to have with extraordinary people who understand that extraordinary things are really important to be the catalyst for others to understand more about how to feel alive on the daily, how to feel this wondrous adventure called life, you know? So when, even now, like you're saying, because it is a challenging time, a lot of malaise, a lot of depression, a lot of people, you know, wondering if this is ever going to end, you know, you have that whole fatigue element too. What is most important to you now in your life as you, you know, you look to the next 40 years, 50 years? Um, I, I, I'll tell you, one of the things, one of the things is one of my core values and one of them is service, okay. being able to help people. Um, and part of that is lifting other people up. Mm -hmm. Part of that is being able to help through my charity. Uh, I'm in the process of working on a fundraiser that's going to happen in November. And I've been working on a committee with several people to figure out how we're going to do that COVID friendly. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're putting it together slowly to figure it out so that we can make some money so that we can continue to help people because right. it's a very, very small fund. It's a small yeah. but mighty fund. Is it for Wendy's? This is for Wendy's Angels? Uh -huh. Oh, that's uh -huh. Yes. And um, so um, that that's part of it. Um, uh, and and continuing to uh, live with my core values, one of which is family. And one, one of the greatest things that's happened through this particular uh, encampment <laughs> at home has been that we've gotten much closer as a family. A lot of our family is separated. We have a big bunch of family in Portland, Oregon, a big okay. bunch of family in um Closter, New Jersey, um, and um, we do uh, family Zooms 
and that's been uh, a treasure. Um, the the Closter, New Jersey family, uh, I, I would encourage them to go into the music video production uh, business because they've been doing for, for family events the most creative music videos, wow. the whole family together. Yeah. And it's like, incredible. They're like professional productions and it's wow. unbelievable. And it's like we've been just having fun and being able to see each other more than we ever see each other together and it's been fabulous. So, you know, it's been an interesting experience. I, I really do believe that times like these really call all of us to wake up and pay attention, like you were saying before, with an added awareness as to really what we want to prioritize in life. And it sounds to me, one of those things for you is family and, and, and engaging with those people that you love and welcoming even people in who aren't your family by blood, but family by virtue of the fact that you've shared your life with them, which I think is, is amazing. And, and even going toward more of your, you know, your journey now, like how do you start or how would you encourage others to start acting in alignment with those core values of service because you do it so well. I mean, even now I wanted to show everyone this picture where you were honored after your 40 years of service of all the wonderful things that you've done. And, and I think that, you know, 40 years of service and then and, and having someone, you know, tell you, you don't need to be standing in the, you, you own what you, your value is by stepping up and calling people's attention. Look what I'm doing. I should not be, valued any less literally you had an opportunity to to hear everyone's appreciation of your acts of service and and, and i would love for you to you know give others you know that opportunity to hear what advice you might have because really service is an embracing of joy well i think i'll, I'll tell you it's an interesting thing uh, what happens is that fortunately uh young people are encouraged to get involved in community service by the community service hours that they right. that they do um, as kids in in school uh, if they ever go back to school um, and uh, it's like every time I pass a school when we're out I go I wonder if that's going to become a building that's going to be empty or if they're going to go back because um, you wonder yeah. uh, it's it's like with this whole thing and everything being so topsy-turvy, you really wonder what our society is going to be like if they get this thing resolved or what, you know. But in the meantime, at, at the moment where it was normal in the world before COVID, um, students were encouraged to learn community service. Um, by the community service hours. So we were growing that. And I think that um, through that um, and through um, that experience, young people learn to do community service. And I think that from that uh, experience that they grow the interest and that um, that encourages them to get more involved. And I think that what happens is um, that uh, they get involved with organizations and um, they it stirs their interest and that's how uh, it would begin and grow. And I think that, that that's how it happens. Um, and then um, 
from my standpoint, I try to interest people in helping me with the kinds of projects I get involved in. And somehow um, people will say, you know, because of the relationships that people have with me, they'll say, how can I help you? And that's another way that people uh, get engaged. So it grows. But you're very good at inviting other people, which I think is something that is a talent and a gift, because I think that, you know, when people are waiting to be, you know, welcomed into a circle, you know, it's not that they need permission to join, but the invitation is very powerful. And you're very good at inviting others to step in and be a part of those beautiful things that you've created as far as your fund your Wendy's Angel Fund, your foundations, and all of this wonder of the Hope, Hoptober and the women who rock and, and all of these things. So, you know, I think one of the things that would speak highly to the character of you is that you're very good at invitations. Like, I'm look- very passionate and enthusiastic, and I think that it's contagious. Oh, yes, that is absolutely the case. I would rather be around people who are passionate about what they're doing. And and literally, I would want to be a part of something that's giving people joy, regardless of whether I, you know, the topic is important. I like being around those kind of people. It's the energy in the room. And I think that you identify with that as well. That's that's my mother. My mother. mother? (laughs) That's my mother. My mother used to say, Wendy, if they push you (laughs) into a, a puddle of mud, enjoy it. <laughs> so, so all of like, would you say all the wisdom that you've gained has a lot to do with your beautiful mother and your a beautiful lot of it. A lot of it, a little of it from my dad and my grandfather, but a lot of it from my mother. That's amazing. I, I love that. And you know, so cheers to the mothers in our lives, the nurturers oh, yeah. and the ones that, you know, tell us if we get stuck in a mud, <laughs> you know, there you go, right? Build the I, castle. <laughs> there you go. I love that. I, you know, at the beginning of the interview, I asked you to set your intention for this evening. And then I asked you also to pick a number for my book. So what exactly was your intention to share with the audience tonight? And what number do you have? My number is 75. Okay. And you have a copy of The Magical Guide to Bliss. So what she's going to be reading from is page 75 of my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, which in fact is the format of how I base my interviews. And what was your intention tonight as well, Wendy? Laughter and joy. Laughter and joy. Bring it on. We need more of that in the malaise. Let me tell you for sure. Do you want me to read the whole page? Go ahead. This is perfect. (laughs) Okay. Laughter is really the best medicine. The human race has only one real effect effective weapon, and that is laughter. The moment it arises, all your irritations and resentments slip away, and the sunny spirit takes its place. Mark Twain, born Samuel Clemens, American author and humorist. An explosive sound that indicates amusement, laughter has us replacing images of other harmful explosions with those that can contribute to robust living. Bringing more life to your days, laughter feels good and is incredibly contagious. Laughter creates lasting connections and breaks the ice when there is tension. When you laugh at yourself for making ridiculous blunders or with others to lighten up otherwise tense situation, 
The simple truth is that laughter helps you to approach life with an attitude that life is too important to be taken too, so seriously. When given the opportunity to laugh, surround yourself with people who introduce the sunnier side of life back into your world. Certainly, laughter lends a hand to your best physical self by contributing in a positive way to overall health and well-being, boosting the good-feeling hormones in your body and soul. It can fill you up with good-feeling hormones. In, oh, I'm sorry. It can fill you up with vitality and infuse your spirit with newfound energy and light. You don't have to be blessed with comedic talent to benefit from this tool. You can come to life with just a shift in perspective that will help stress and irritated irritation simply fall away. So take an instant vacation from your worries in, in life and learn to laugh more with love that will have you rolling on the floor be begging for mercy. Magical key to bliss. Surround yourself with laughter today. That's awesome. Well, there you go. So laughter and joy were those things that we we call into all of your lives tonight as Wendy's sharing with me this beautiful forum for this extraordinary conversation on this Tuesday night in, in June as we all try to manifest the lives of our dreams. I wanna thank you, Wendy, from the bottom of my heart for this opportunity to speak to you. I can't believe the hour is up. I think we could go on forever and ever. And honestly, you you had me at burning bras back in the day in 1979. And I was like, oh, honey, we need to talk. And then we have our glasses of wine together to discuss how wonderful it is that we are living the fulfillment of a dream of a lot of women that began even before 1979, before our mothers even you know, had a chance to step into the the fray, into the mud, and we still squeaky clean come out of it. So I want to thank all of you for joining us. I do want to give the final word of inspiration to Wendy tonight. I think it's important that she send us all away with something really that we can take in these really challenging times that would shift our energy and our attention to something positive. So as we do our super woman exercises or Superman exercises, building others up, which is what she's really good at. And like I said, I will definitely be posting her contact information. So if any of you are out there and need a little boost of hope or inspiration, you can contact her because she is a wealth of wonderful energy and wisdom. So take it away, Wendy. What is your final bit of inspiration for everybody? I think you should uh, just uh, smile and laugh and love. I love it. So with those words, smile, laugh, and love, we are going to send you all out to manifest your dreams, to live the life you want with purpose and passion, and to basically keep being of service to the world where they need you most and show up and remember that we're all here as deliberate creators of our lives. We dream big and together we raise the vibrations of this planet to sit and live in our bliss. Enjoy the magic and miracles and shine your beautiful light. And until next time, let's love ourselves exactly where we are, reach out to others and continue to spread the love. Smile 
and shine your light and laughter. Blessings and bliss. Thank you, Wendy. It has been my pleasure as well as I can't, I'm, I'm serious. We're going to continue this conversation. I absolutely enjoyed myself. Have a Thank wonderful you. evening, everyone. And you guys check out Wendy because she is a fire, fire, firehouse of information. She will light the spark underneath you and you'll be doing amazing things in no time at all. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Meg.